All right, we should be back up. Hopefully that rectified the problem. I was told that we had lost the signal. So um, I think we're back up. But anyway, we were talking about the Nord Stream pipeline and how pathetically stupid it would be for anyone in Russia to have done this. Let's recap because I'm not quite sure how much you heard. But in order for Putin to have done this, he would have had to take the one way he has leverage, the one great revenue stream he has, junked it in favor of us getting revenue stream. I'll just continue to ask, why? Why would he do such a thing? The answer is he would not. He would not. So that's where it stands. He would not. But I can tell you this, we would have. Now, Jeffrey Sachs is an economic prof- e- economy professor from Columbia University. He's one of the few that is honest enough to tell the truth. Now, a professor from Columbia University not taking the liberal stand? Now, that's weird. That's very weird. The destruction of the, the Nord Stream pipeline, which I I would bet was a U.S. action, perhaps U.S. and, and Poland. Uh, this is uh, right, Jeff, speculation. Jeff, we got to stop there. That's a, that's a quite a statement as well. Why do you feel Absolutely. that that was a U.S. action? What evidence do you have of that? Well, first of all, there's direct radar evidence that U.S. Uh, helicopters, military helicopters that are normally based in Gdansk, uh, were uh, circling over this area. We also had the threats from the United States earlier in this year that one way or another, we are going to end Nord Stream. You're not allowed to say these things uh, in, in, uh, in the West, but the fact of the matter is, all over the world, when I talk to people, they think the okay. U.S. did it. And just to tell you, and, and by, by the way, even reporters on our papers that are involved tell me privately, yeah, well, of course, but well, it doesn't show up in our, our media. <laughs> did you hear those media people? They're, they're pulling their hair out. Stop this guy. Stop this guy. He's not agreeing with us. He's making way too much sense. We've got to stop him. Stop him now. You can almost hear it in their voices. My God, we didn't expect this. He's an Ivy League professor. How could an Ivy League professor say such things? Well, maybe because he heard Biden speak last winter. And here's all the evidence you need. When I said earlier... We don't have factual evidence that the United States blew up the pipeline. We haven't caught anybody with their hand in the cookie jar, but we have circumstantial evidence coming out the gazoo, the logical test, and then these words from the guy who was in the White House, and he said them last winter. He said them last winter. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, but how, will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. He promises they'll be able to do it. That's strange. How could you not now believe, after you hear those words, that the United States is responsible for this? How could you not? (laughs) It's amazing. And yet the consensus of these imbecile liberals and the denials from Kirby from the White House is that Russia did it.
Now, they have no evidence. They don't have any statements that would indicate Russia did it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We have evidence, says the United States did do it. Biden's own warning that he would do it if Russia went into Ukraine. Russia did go into Ukraine, and lo and behold, the pipeline exploded. Now, if I say to you, if you do X, I'm going to do Y. You do X, and Y happens, are you going to come to me first? You're damn right you are, unless you're an imbecile, unless you're liberal. Of course you are. It wouldn't make sense any other way. So the warning was given from Biden, and he followed up on it. One of the few campaign promises, well, actually, he was in the White House at that time. One of the few things that Biden never said he would do and did. Unbelievable. And yet these people are somehow trying to convince you that it was Russia. Those were Biden's own words. If they go into Ukraine, the Nord Stream pipeline will be no more. Trust me, we know how to take it out. And now it's taken out. And yet the media in this country and these political hacks are trying to convince you and me that it was Russia that did this? <laughs> this is one of the great insults of all time to your intelligence. Wake up, people. Biden warned he would do it. It happened, and then he said the Russians did it. Keep in mind now, it's not just some random act. It's that the Russians committed an act of sabotage on their own pipeline. That's what they're trying to make you believe, even though Biden warned he would do it. Trust me on this. If Vladimir Putin said, if the United States ever speaks to Canada again, I'm going to blow up their pipeline, or I'm going to make sure their pipeline is no more. And then all of a sudden, we speak to Canada, and our pipeline blows up. Would anybody believe Putin if he said the United States did that themselves? Not unless you're a single-digit IQ moron. But they want you to believe that. Well, part of the reason that we have single-digit IQ morons all over this country is because of the failure of the school system. Specifically Illinois. Let's use Illinois. 36% of Illinois third-grade students can't read at the third grade level. 36% of all students, all races, all genders in the state of Illinois cannot read at the third grade level. Third graders, not kindergartners. 27% of Hispanic Illinois third graders can't read at that level, so it gets even worse. We can even go further. 22% of black Illinois third graders read at the third grade level. When, when I say can't read up, what I'm saying is 22% of black third graders can read at the third grade level. 27% of Hispanic third graders can read at the third grade level. Overall in Illinois, only 36% of any kind of third grader can read at the third grade level. In the meantime, what is Beetlejuice doing? She's out putting sunglasses on and singing some sort of a song like she's a rock star. Did you see that video? It's embarrassing. I would have played it for you, but you have to see it. Let's go up to the cities. Decatur, Illinois. 17%. 17% of Hispanic children in the third grade in Decatur, Illinois, can read at a third grade level. 2% of the black kids in third grade in Decatur, Illinois, can read at the third grade level. Two out of every ten. I'm sorry, two out of every hundred. Two out of every hundred black kids in third grade in Decatur, Illinois, can read at a third grade level. In Chicago, under 12% of Hispanics in the third grade can read at the third grade level. Under 10% of blacks, third graders now we're talking about, can read at the third grade level. So is it any wonder why people in this country somehow believe that Russia blew up their own pipeline? We are an illiterate country. I've given you the evidence. It's worse for minorities. But overall, 
we're failing miserably at educating our children. Miserably. Why? Woke bullshit, that's why. Critical race theory, that's why. The lies about when this country became such a polarizing, racist country, that's why. All of that's being inundated on these kids as opposed to real math, reading skills, science, geography, anything that would make them well-rounded and able to read. <laughs> Tony Kinnett is a was a teacher in Indiana. He was fired for being outspoken against critical race theory taught in schools. He's now founded his own operation. It's called the Chalkboard Review. Tony, are, are kids being taught the proper way about reading, learning how to read? Well, clearly the idea of using the exact same progressive policies over and over again to attempt to teach reading and math in a way that is not actually shown to improve reading or math scores for any student based on any research that we've done, trying that again and again and accept it, uh, expecting some kind of different result is the definition of insanity. And now we are seeing these children pay the price for that kind of incompetence. And quite honestly, it's it's a shame to see that some of the biggest schools in our country are doing the largest amount of harm to our students who need this material the most. There it is for you. This is what's going on. It's sickening. But that's what's happening in the schools. Those numbers don't lie. Reading at a third grade level by third graders, wouldn't you think that was a given? But it's not. It's not at all. We mentioned earlier that Herschel Walker's coming under fire down in Georgia because some woman claimed that he paid for her to have an abortion. Now, there's no evidence of anything like it. There's a check that he made out to her for $700, put it in a get well card, and sent it to her. Now, Herschel Walker, through his foundation and his good works, sends checks out to a lot of people, sends cards out to a lot of people. That's a given. That's a fact. But here's the part that the media doesn't want you to know about. She produced a receipt, a bill that said she had an abortion. So I'm not denying that she had an abortion. It's... I don't know, but she has a bill that says she did. And then what the bill was for? $575. Please explain the disparity between the $700 check and the cost of the abortion. Can someone ask her to explain that? No. No one would ask her that. Same people that won't ask her that won't ask Tony Bobolinsky for a sit-down interview. Because they don't want to know. What's happening to Herschel Walker in Georgia is exactly what happened to Eric Greitens in the last month of his primary race here against Eric Schmidt. Schmidt's dirty. We knew Warnock was dirty down in Georgia. They go out and they find some woman. It's always a woman. Why is it always a woman? It was a woman in Kavanaugh's case. It's a woman in Greitens' case. It's a woman in Herschel Walker's case. Why is it always a woman? Because the liberals tell you we should believe the women, no matter what. And it kind of makes your blood boil if you think someone mistreated a woman, more so than if they mistreated a man. I don't know why that is, but that's the way this culture thinks. But always believe the woman at any cost. That's what liberals have told you. They've actually said that. Never mind the... Tens of thousands of women who have lied through the years about rape or sexual assault or, in this case, abortion or, in Eric Greitens' case, abuse. And they never have to back it up. Have you ever noticed that? Anytime a woman speaks out against a conservative politician at the last minute, right before an election, they're A, they're believed, B, they have to prove nothing, no evidence is ever offered. In this case, the evidence offered makes her look like a liar. The evidence is a $575 bill for an abortion and a $700 check from Herschel Walker. What, do you give her a tip? 
Here's your 575 and another 125 as a tip. Thanks for having the abortion. Nothing is written on the check that says what it's for. In the card, it simply says, get well, and he signs it. Then they enlist his one of his sons to put an Instagram video out berating his dad. And all of this just happened at the same time. It's so coincidental. These coincidences are certain, aren't they? I love Herschel Walker as a football player. He seems like a great conservative Christian guy. I don't know him. He was not my first choice to run for office down there because I don't think he comes across as a superior candidate to to get into the Senate. Yet if someone that could thump Raphael Warnock, it's not too hard. This is a guy, Warnock, who's running against Herschel Walker, who ran before in the fixed election of 2020. But he's got his own issues. Why aren't these being made public? When Warnock's wife accused him of running over her foot with his car, he said, well, I only hit her a little bit. I barely moved, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she's screaming that I ran over her foot. I don't believe it. This man's running for United States Senate, and all he cares about right now is his reputation. I've been trying to be very quiet about the way that he is for the sake of my kids and his reputation. I've tried to keep the way that he acts under wraps for a long time, and today he crossed the line. So that is what is going on here, and he's a great actor. That sounded pretty sincere to me, but wait a minute, she's a woman. Shouldn't we believe her anyway? Shouldn't we believe her? By the way, she wasn't called forward by some conservative group. That was on the scene where her allegation of him running over her foot took place. It wasn't a let me come forward at the last second kind of a thing. It was in real time. It's very, very strange. I think investigator, any investigative reporter worth a damn, should investigate the bank account of Herschel Walker's son. Let's see if a big old check went into that account. And if so, what a sellout fraud his own son is, right? Then we've got the case of John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. This is a liberal who is the attorney general there now, uh, but is all, I'm sorry, lieutenant governor there now, but has also been a mayor in Braddock, Pennsylvania. And while he was mayor, and no one has ever asked him this, remember this is a guy who had a stroke who wants all prisoners out of jail. Odd that he would want the prisoners out of jail since this is the guy that chased down an innocent black man who was just jogging. He chased him down as a private citizen with a shotgun. Now, when that happened in Atlanta, they actually shot the guy, and they're all in life in jail for life because they did that. Fetterman did the same thing, but he didn't fire his gun. Goodness, let's hope not. Here's Fetterman trying to explain what happened and the black kid explaining his version. Heard approximately a dozen or more what what clearly sounded like assault rifle uh, gunshots go off. There wasn't any assault rifle shots. It was bottle rockets behind the library. A, a 20 gauge shotgun uh, in in the under the back seat of my truck, which I pulled out and I I showed to just say, look, we're going to wait here and we're going to get this all sorted out when the police arrive. Followed me into North Braddock and pulled a shotgun and aimed it at my chest. Aimed it at my chest. This is the great liberal? John Fetterman? Tell us, John, what exactly is the truth about you? The truth is is that, uh, is that we in Braddock, as mayor, in a community with significant gun violence issues, I ran to be mayor for that reason, and for five and a half years, we stopped the killing and the gun violence. We stopped it, and that has never been accomplished before or since I was time as, as mayor. Well, the only problem with that is it's a lie. And we can check it. 
once again, their own words indict them because they're too illiterate to understand that that's easily checkable. The real truth is, in 2017, when he was mayor of Braddock, violent crime peaked. The number of reports to local police quadrupled while he was mayor. Quadrupled. That means four times. In 2019, the first year in over a decade that Fetterman was not mayor, the town's crime rate dropped by 61%. So the truth is, Fetterman, when you were the mayor of Braddock, crime went through the roof. And the minute you stepped down, crime came down with you. Does anyone out there think for one second that if Biden stepped down tomorrow and Trump were installed as president, that crime would come down right along with Biden coming down? Of course it would. It's not brain surgery, folks. It doesn't take that much. You just have to listen to their own words and then check them. When these clowns get to go unchecked by the media, which they do if they've got a D next to their name, then people believe it. But that's where we come in. We check it for you. And these are lies. And I particularly don't care about Pennsylvania, except the majority of the Senate hangs in the balance. Do I think Dr. Oz was a great choice as a candidate? No. But he's better than this clown. So if those are the only two running, yeah, he's much better. Again, do I think Herschel Walker was the perfect choice? No. But he's better than this crook, this guy who calls himself a minister, runs over his wife's foot. Warnock is a slimy, um, rabble-rousing, quote-unquote, preacher, kind of like Farrakhan. Would you elect him? No. You wouldn't. Because you're not stupid. And then there's Jerry Rivera. He can't stand Ron DeSantis. He can't stand that DeSantis uh, is having success, clearly. He can't stand that Ron DeSantis one-upped the President of the United States, Wuhan Willie, in terms of what he's doing with migrants, illegal migrants, illegal aliens caught. He can't stand that Biden can fly them around the country with no criticism. But when Ron DeSantis does it, uh, Jerry Rivera thinks that the Hispanic community will rebel against him. That's really what he thinks. Now, with all this shows you how out of touch with the Hispanic community that Rivera is, though he claims basically that he's a speaker for the Hispanic community. He thinks that he represents them. But when you listen to them actually talk... None of them share his views. None of them. Strange, isn't it? Because they all believe in hard work, honest work. They believe that it's important to have fair elections and for people to come here legally like they did. They don't like being lied to. That's not big on their list. And yet all of this happens. And it happens all the time. So why would they not care about it? But Rivera says in a tweet that they, Ron DeSantis will feel the wrath of the Hispanic voter for this moving these people up to Martha's Vineyard. But then he went even further and called it a political stunt. I, I don't think that there is a person in this country who doesn't think that what Governor DeSantis did in sending those Venezuelans to Martha's Vineyard was a political stunt. Rivera says there's not a person in this country that doesn't believe that. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe it was a political stunt at all. I believe it was a governor saying enough is enough. Here's what it's like. You deal with it. We're going to do exactly what you're doing. We're going to go ahead and we're going to send some of these people to you. Now, you seem to get a big charge 
out of letting them cross the border into our communities. Then you fly them all over the country to settle them in places where you believe you need their votes. But we're going to play that game too. And here's how it works. And then Rivera thinks that there's not a person in the country that doesn't view that as a political stunt. Well, I'm telling you, I applauded it. And I know a lot of other people who applauded it as well. And why wouldn't you? I thought it was brilliant. It has gotten the attention of liberal governors and mayors in other states and cities to put pressure on Biden, including that big mouth, tough, fake, tough guy in New York. So as long as you can bring pressure to bear on these people, why wouldn't you? Doesn't that make sense? Well, sure it does. Makes perfect sense, actually. And I commend Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott for doing it. And they're continuing to do it, by the way. Which is smarter still. Because if you just did it once, then I guess people could view it and say, well, you know, you're just doing that for politics. But they're doing it. They continue to do it. I love it. Our good friend Jordan Krugman continues to help you with your health insurance. Now, by way of disclaimer, Jordan is my health insurance agent and my family's and a lot of friends, but also a ton of listeners who've heard me talk about him and called him and gotten spectacular health insurance plans. Now, it doesn't matter what your situation is. Jordan is a broker. He is not an insurance agent for one company, so he doesn't represent one company's interest. He represents you and your interest. He can do it by virtual uh, appointment. You don't even have to leave your home. And he'll take your information about your economical situation, your health insurance situation, marry the two, and then find you the best deal. That's what he does. He shops it around. You get the best deal with the best coverage for the least amount of money. Now, that's what he does. He's also quick to point out that if you're thinking of Obamacare, and there was one a man who called the show and said his daughter was about to get Obamacare until he heard about Jordan on our show. He called her, she called Jordan, and presto, she has a spectacular plan. He's licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. Never any broker fees. Never any broker fees. Doesn't matter if it's major medical, life, dental, vision, cancer plans. They have cancer plans, accident plans, and all other kinds of specialty plans. For individuals, for families, for small business, you own a small business, you've got a tremendous employee, but your benefit package isn't that good. Well, he's being wooed by other companies that have a better benefits package. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to leave you. You want to be able to hold on to your best employees. Jordan Krugman can help you do that. He's helped small businesses save tens of thousands of dollars in the process giving their employees better health insurance coverage for less money. How about that? That's pretty hard to do, but he does it. In addition, in a time when people might be looking for work, anyone looking for a lucrative sales position, including weekly, monthly, and annual bonuses, should call Jordan. That's kind of a nice deal, huh? That's a real nice deal. You can get a job out of this. You can get better health coverage and a job. How cool is that? I don't think it gets cooler. (laughs) It really doesn't. I like that. I like it when someone helps you. And that's what we're all involved in. We like to see people get help. You can call Jordan at 314-602-4055. 314-602-4055. You can find him online, thehealthinsuranceguy.net, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Give Jordan Krugman a call. He gets the Slayton guarantee. No question. There is no one better and no one who cares more about what he ends up helping you with than Jordan Krugman. That I can tell you, as President Trump might say. That I can tell you. All right, we're coming back with more of our show. Your calls are welcome, 636-538-0746, right after this break. 
Welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this beautiful Thursday morning. Supposed to get a little chilly in the Midwest tomorrow and Saturday. Nice autumn Christmas in the air tomorrow. Football weather. I'm telling you, Friday night lights tomorrow night. Man, wear your parkas, wear your hoodies, dress warmly, hug your girlfriend, hug your wife. And then Saturday the same. It's too bad Mizzou isn't playing at home Saturday. It would be perfect weather down in Columbia, Missouri for football. But any high school location tomorrow night, get out and support your local high school football program. It'll, you'll have fun, plus it'll it'll feel like it should feel. It'll take you back to the 60s and 70s when we had real fall weather because climate change has just ruined us. <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it? 
I can make you happier, too, still, if you just go stop at Taco Bell on your way to work this morning. Get yourself at one of the locally owned and operated locations. Breakfast off the dollar crave menu, off the $5 crave menu, or just something else that's on the menu for breakfast, like the breakfast quesadilla that's under 2 bucks, the two different AM crunch wraps that are under 3 bucks, the grande scrambler that's under $3. But on the dollar crave menu, which goes all day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night, you can grab a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits. You can get double stuffed tacos, a grande burrito. Those are all just two bucks. Or excuse me, those are all just a buck. And then for five dollars, you get the double chalupa in a box with two tacos and a soft drink. Same for the triple double crunch wrap. A bunch of other items on the five dollar crave menu as well. I support locally owned and operated businesses. I always have and always will. And here are the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. Washington, St. Clair, these are Missouri, Washington, St. Clair, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, Chesterfield Valley. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, the state capital of Springfield. But Porky Pig is on a hunger rampage, man. He'll eat everything in sight. He'll probably not just eat the food at Taco Bell. He'll eat the whole building. So get there before he does. Carbondale, DuCoin, Troy, Salem, Jerseyville, Columbia, those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations in our two-state area. I meant to touch on this story, and by the way, our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746, 538-0746. I meant to touch on this story uh, a few days ago. This professor at NYU, he's a professor of organic chemistry. Now, he's highly decorated as a professor. He's written a textbook. He's tenured. He's been doing it for a long, long time. In fact, he came out of retirement to teach a course at NYU as an adjunct professor. Now, this year he was fired after 82 of his 350 students signed a petition. They said that their low scores, their failing grades, were demonstrations that his class was too hard. Now, if I had gone home to my parents when I was in high school or college and I said, the teacher makes it too hard, I might have gotten smacked, but I sure as hell would have been told, then start studying more. I mean, the give-upness among this younger generation is extraordinary. The first sign of adversity, they quit. And like liberals, they are quick to blame someone or something else, some turn of events, for their problems that they have caused, I might add. If you're smart enough to be at NYU and be in this organized organic chemistry class, then you're smart enough to do well. So you're lazy, or you don't work very hard, or you certainly don't study very hard if you're not getting the necessary grade. Guarantee it. So he made it too hard for them. The university, in a statement to the New York Times, defending their decision to fire him, said he'd been the target of complaints about dismissiveness, unresponsiveness, condescension, and opacity. I don't even know what that is. Does anybody know? I have to look that up. Opacity. Maybe I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. It might be opacity. Whatever it is, it's arrogance on the part of the university to put that in a statement. It says, the condition of lacking transparency, opaqueness. (laughs) Oh, they're too good. So based on that statement, it sounds to me like the professor didn't hold their hand, kiss their ass, and otherwise bring them a pillow and a blanket and some cookies. He didn't do that, so they fired him. Even the students that signed the petition said not only were they surprised he was fired, but they never asked that he be fired. They just complained, which is the liberal want for today. We don't like something? Complain about it. The professor, Maitland Jones Jr., says he noticed the decline in the students' ability about a decade ago. He made his exams easier in response to that. So he did respond a decade ago. He said an unusual number of students still did poorly, even when he made the watered-down exams available. 
And then he says when the pandemic hit, the plandemic, the students fell off a cliff. He says we see single-digit scores and even zeros now. It's, a, it's crazy. And according to some experts in education, we're seeing quantified grade inflation and lowered academic standards. We should know by now that remote learning was a catastrophic failure brought on by the teachers' unions. Professor Jones says any students who completed their high school years from home during this pandemic seem to have no idea how to study. (laughs) The students complain that they see the earlier times as unrealistic. That Professor Jones didn't offer extra credit and that he wouldn't make his lectures available by way of Zoom. Well, that is a motivation for you to come to class, isn't it? If I can't see this lecture any other way... Maybe I ought to go to class. Maybe that's it. Now, some of these students could be there because they're minorities and they don't belong there. Some of these could be students that got in on some free ride for some reason because of who they knew. Who knows? Kevin is first up. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today, sir? I am doing well. Been a few weeks since I had a chance to call you. Took a little bit of a hiatus, so to speak. Went on vacation, but still stayed connected. Uh, listened to your show every day, even on vacation. And um, went down to uh, Florida, but we were in the Panhandle, the only place that did not get hit by the uh, by the hurricane. Uh, that was the only part of Florida not hit. And we were actually there before the hurricane even came through. Uh, but uh, took some time off and uh, tried to chill a little bit. But uh, tell you what, first vacation in a while that I went on vacation and th- caught myself looking over my shoulder all the time. Because um, you just, I just didn't, for some reason this year, didn't trust many people. Why with, would you? Uh, we, <laughs> we, yeah, if you, we if you told so, me that you did trust everybody, I'd think you were nuts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That I, you know, I agree with that. But uh, but it was the first time that I I felt like I had to be more secure getting out of the car at a gas station to gas up at places. We 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 picked more busy uh, truck stops and places to stop. Um, you know, we were just more careful. Um, actually, even took a personal alarm device with us for the first time, um, just in case something happened. We could pull that and it would set an alarm off. Uh, it just it, it's terrible to feel that way, Kevin. Um, but, um, we did go on vacation and tried to chill out a little bit, but, uh, but like I said, listen to you every day. So, uh, uh, thanks for being loyal to us, having a show every day. And I I hope uh, that that you're happy that, you know, that some of us are loyal to you. Well, I'm very happy. And I was going to thank you for that loyalty because uh, when you go on vacation, you're going away to get away from it all. And, uh, I'm thankful that you still listen. Very, very nice and very much appreciated. Appreciated. It was the only thing I did listen to on vacation. I rarely turned on the TV or turned on any other uh, any other shows. But did you, I, I did did you listen, listen to your to wife? TV. Pardon me. Did you listen to your wife? Well, if, well, the key word was as I said, turned on. But ah, I got you. <laughs> I, I I did listen to her quite a bit. We 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 did talk and try to relax. So, uh, but it, but it was nice. But, but, hey, I'm calling you on a couple of things that have been, been on my mind. Uh, one that's been on my mind here in the last couple of days because I, I saw a couple billboards uh, driving on vacation that said, um, if you're in favor of abortion, you were already born. And I uh, thought that billboard was rather unique to, to, you know, when I saw that. And so it brought to mind Aaron Judge in baseball right now. And. Do you know, I'm sure you know, but he was adopted. Yes, I knew that. And his parents are white. And I believe, and I don't know this for a fact, but he looks and appears to be a mulatto. Very, yeah, he kind of does. And I, and I don't know the answer to that question, but, but he was adopted. But 
all the people that are cheering for him right now and hitting 62 home runs and saying that's such a good ball player he is, what if he wasn't adopted? What if he was aborted? And so that just always, to me, brings into question, you know, when it, it, abortion is a tough subject and, 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 and I'm, you know, on, on the conservative side of it, but it just made me think, what if he was aborted? Nobody would be cheering him today. Nobody would be. But is his parents white supremacists because they they adopted him? On the other hand, you could argue, what if Biden were aborted? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. So it gives you a lot of what ifs. But it, but it's like you know, is anybody saying, well, wait a minute, white people adopted him? Is that racist? Because nowadays, apparently, it might be. Well, white people are racist by their very yeah. nature. You know, they're just adopting <laughs> exactly. a black kid or a mulatto kid because they want publicity. I mean, this is yeah. the way these liberal people think. You can't do so that anything was, that they don't find some un, unhidden moat or some hidden motive in. Yeah. So that was one of the things on my mind. A couple of other uh, things um, that brought to mind, and, and, and I saw a tweet on this and, 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 and sent that out. But uh, um, it was, you know, when Obama was in office and Russia went into Crimea, did we see billions and billions and billions of dollars sent to Crimea to fight Russia back then? No. The answer is no. And why not would be the question. My perception would be that it was not because I think at that time, I may be wrong, that he didn't have a majority in the House or Senate that would approve all these acts or whatever you want to call them. You know, they always come up with the acronyms for them to give them all this money to fight it, or was there not a vested interest there? But in Ukraine, we're sending billions upon billions there. There's no tracking of it. I've read a couple articles where they're saying they can't even track where all this money is going. And um, it seems like the president of Ukraine, you think he would be hunkered down wearing a flak jacket all the time because waiting for Russia to take him out. But doesn't it seem to you like he's just kind of out there everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. You but know, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Then the situation just seems so odd all the way around. Um, I know there's been a lot of carnage and a lot of death and, and man, that just bugs the heck out of me, but what's really going on with Ukraine? You know, it, it's it's weird from the Russian side. Russia can't even get soldiers that want to go there. But yet we're sending billions there. Then we blow up a pipeline and the president there and even his wife was on TV on the on some show the other day. It just seems odd to me. And well, the whole the whole Ukraine thing is odd. We shouldn't be pumping the kind of money into it that we're pumping. It was okay to try to help them when this thing began, but then when you realize, wait a minute, what are we really? What, what are they really fighting over? This little piece of land where the where the inhabitants consider themselves Russian to begin with. So what's going on? Yeah. There's so much, so many reports out of Ukraine that they're so corrupt and Zelensky's corrupt. So I mean, uh, again, this is a, a regime in the United States that doesn't care at all about the people of the United States. Not a speck. And that's the real tragedy here. And if you think they do, you're crazy. If you think this shuffling old man who has no idea what planet he's on from day to day is a kind soul, you are sickeningly stupid. Well, don't F with a Biden, you know. That's right. Don't F with a Biden. And he's right, by the way. Ask Pastor Hauk. Don't F but, with a Biden. Ask Donald Trump. But apparently, you know, hurricanes are being told now not to F with a Biden, because I think that's what he was trying to, to infer yesterday. I think he was, too. Don't you F with a Biden hurricane, Ian. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you. I don't know yeah. what he – no one knows what he was talking about because he's so mentally del delusional. It, you, you have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, he makes yeah. up a story about his own home being struck by lightning and that nearly losing all of it to fire when there was really a small fire in the kitchen that was contained within 20 minutes. But this Ukraine thing, it's, it's just the word la the money laundering are the words that comes to mind for me. Where's all this money going? Who's it going to? What's really happening here? And if you go back with Biden's history with Ukraine, remember the quid pro quo with him. You know, well, you ain't getting $8 billion unless you fire this guy. Well, they did. They got $8 billion. So what did they do now for him to give them more billions? Well, it's always interesting how this government's Congress, Republicans and Democrats, 
will give our money away without asking for an accounting. Mm-hmm. So who is getting it? Where is it going? Uh, how come Zelensky hasn't been killed? That's my question. I mean, if this mm-hmm. is, is such a fierce war with the Russians, how's this guy stayed alive? He must have 20 lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you try to take out their leader? I'm sure you would. And I'm sure Putin knows where he is. So why is he still alive? To my knowledge, he hasn't even been in a location on any occasion that suffered damage. Yeah, none of it makes sense. I mean, we can laser target a terrorist somewhere and take him out, take out the head of Al Qaeda or whatever. Right. But you don't. But Russia doesn't have the capability to do that. Especially this guy, the most visible guy in Ukraine, who lives in these palaces and he does his Instagrams or whatever it is from these palaces, and you don't know where he is. That's hard to believe. The whole thing all the way around with Biden, him, Russia, it just seems like how deep is this stuff? How how much do we really not understand that's going on out there? It's just it, it's mind boggling to go, what's really going on? <clears throat> and, well, and Kevin, if I can flip one more thing here. Um, do you know what ESG is? I do not. I've, I've seen it, but I haven't paid attention. It, it stands for Environmental Social Governance is what it stands for, ESG. And there's these these groups out there that are for it and and one of the and meaning that social governments governance meaning that you know you should you should be for climate change and your your company should be for it and 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 that it, it, this leads into what all these woke companies are doing is this ESG and one of the biggest ones out there is this investment hedge fund firm BlackRock have you heard of BlackRock yeah i have Okay, so BlackRock is this huge investment firm, and they're all about ESG, and they're telling these woke companies what to do, and all these places have invested money there. But what's interesting is it seems to be the tide turning a little bit if you dig deep into this. Yesterday, the state of Louisiana said they're pulling out all of their state money investments that are in BlackRock because they're not going to tolerate this ESG anymore. They're not for it. And they're pulling out just shy of three quarters of a billion dollars yep. out of BlackRock. I now, saw that. Pinch, I did see that. To it's a pinch to BlackRock because BlackRock is huge. But if you if you would get with your research assistant, and there's not enough time in this conversation today, but maybe you can do a show on it. But dig into it. This BlackRock, they're huge. They're deep state. There's a lot going on there that we probably don't know about. And but this ESG is what's popping up. And I. I just heard somebody else talking about it the other day, so I, I was kind of looking into it too. But it's this it's this climate change thing, it's this social governance thing. So I'll I'll leave you with this today that I still think is just true. Every single day they keep proving it. From what's her name, the the little gal that's with the public uh, uh, with Biden's you know uh, press office, Karine Jean Pierre, the black lesbian. Yes, yes that one. Um, you know, from her on down and whatever. It always comes down to everything they say and do, the opposite is true. It's just plain as day because they say this, nope, it's the opposite. You know, it's, it's, well, they're projectionists. They project onto you what they're actually doing. Well, and you talk about reverse psychology. I mean, my mom used to say it with my with my nieces, her granddaughters. Well, she would say, "Well, I'm doing reverse psychology. You say something to the kid to get him to do what you really want him to do." And and it just seems like reverse psychology here constantly. But I think people are finally waking up to how stupid this is. But I'll finish with this: voting. Yeah, there's an election coming up in November, but Kevin, it's already happening now in Illinois, for instance. Mail-in voting's already happening multiple times. A friend of mine just got a ballot the other day at a home he's lived in since 2015 for the resident that lived there in 2015, seven years ago. It's crazy. So, you know, so voting is already happening. You've got all these Democrat candidates refusing to debate people. Carrie Lake yesterday was on a debate stage for a Hispanic Latino event, and Hobbs didn't show up. Yeah, I know that. I saw that. Well, Kerry Lake's going to win that election. Yeah, 
but they're not they're not debating or they're waiting like like Fetterman says he's going to debate Oz at, you know, like the last week before the election. Well, the issue is the election is already happening. There's so many votes already cast in many, many states that they're just avoiding the debating because they know people won't go back and try to pull their vote because that's really hard to do, apparently. And and so my feeling is still this. I'll end with this. People wake up. I don't like using the term red wave because I think people become complacent. People wake up. Everybody. We need to get the huge turnout to go out and vote in person on Election Day and just overwhelm them again. And if they try to pull the crap they did in 2020, it will be so obvious this time. So we need a wave. It needs to happen. And please, folks, if you're listening to Kevin's show or anybody, don't be complacent in what's going on. And Kevin, that's part of why I listened to your show while I was on vacation. I still wanted to stay connected. And I still wanted to read some, you know, hear about some news articles. So don't be complacent, people, because I think that's what happens the most, in, especially in these midterm elections. Would you agree or disagree? Well, you always have to do that. I mean, these midterm elections are so important, but getting the word out to people that don't want to hear the word is very difficult. And don't complain on the day after the election on who won if you didn't go out and vote. Well, that's my point. You know, if you're not going to vote, you're not taking part in it. So, you know, don't complain about it. Maybe if you got out and voted, uh, you might be able to change the election. You never know. You never know how close an election is going to be. And by the way, I think Trump is going to run in his uh, rally, the last one he had last Saturday night that, that he had. He came the closest, in my opinion, to saying he was going to run because he said, well, with all these campaign financial laws, I can't say certain things. And and he kept saying stuff like we're coming, we're on our way. I, I, I think he's going to run because I think he just keeps teasing it enough that way without getting in trouble. Even Biden the other day said, well, I can't say anything because of campaign finance laws, you know, so uh, I, I think he's going to run. But um, for what it's worth, people get out and vote. I'm from Illinois. I'm just praying Darren Bailey becomes the governor and I'm just praying a ton of Illinois people come out and vote and overwhelm what comes out of Chicago. It's all I can pray for in the state of Illinois. All right, Kevin, thank you. God bless you, brother. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, I know you'll probably need a vacation soon. And if you go on vacation, um, I know you don't go on the air, but, but you got enough guests you bring on sometimes. I would like to maybe have Cleo and Andrew and um, and Danny maybe host your show when you go on vacation. How about that? <laughs> well, we don't know if that'll work or not, so we'll have to see. <laughs> God bless you, Kevin. Take care. All right, same to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. It's very nice that you listen while you're on vacation. Greatly appreciate it. Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. Did you see Christopher Cuomo is doing a new show on, it's called News Nation. I don't even know what that is. He had his debut and drew dismal, beyond dismal ratings. I don't know if there's a word stronger than dismal. Nobody watched. 147,000 total viewers. (laughs) 8,000 in the prime demographic area. 8,000. Wow. That's amazing. He was behind Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, all of them. Now, Tucker Carlson drew, uh, let's see, how many more times people, because he thought he would go up against Tucker, which was not a wise call. But he figured he would do it anyway. But he's not a wise man. He's still suing CNN, by the way. Tucker Carlson got more than 20 times the viewership. More than 20 times. 2.9 million total viewers. Oh, it's too good. Guess what outdrew Christopher Cuomo's show? Paw Patrol, SpongeBob, and Seinfeld reruns. <laughs> nice going, Christopher Cuomo. You arrogant, pompous ass. And then he got on there in election and he uh, lectured people. So bizarre. Very, very bizarre. But that's who he is. 
So why wouldn't he convince somebody? By the way, they're paying him a million dollars a year. They said that was a smidgen of what he made at CNN. How could anyone justify paying this guy that kind of money? He doesn't bring revenue back in return or viewership. That's clear. How many people out there would love to make a million dollars at their job and suck at it? I guess most competitive people don't want to suck, period. But this guy doesn't seem to care. He's always sucked at what he does. He couldn't even figure out how to help his brother without getting fired. Hello, Cleo. How are you today? Morning, Kevin. How's it going, man? Going great. I wanted to get get in. I I, I had to get this in, man. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Fetterman is supposed to uh, uh, debate with Oz. Yeah. A week or so. I, I predict he ain't going to debate him. I predict the same thing. There's no chance he'll show up. If I rise, I would bring up what we brought up on the show today about Fetterman. He chased a, a, an unarmed black man who was jogging, chased him with a shotgun, and held him against his will until, quote, the police would come. That's crime, by the way. That's called kidnapping. Uh, then he claims that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that and by the way, the, the unarmed black man said he pointed the shotgun at his chest. So then he claims that while he was mayor of Braddock, that crime went way down. In fact, it went way up. It peaked at its highest ever, and the minute he left office, it, it dramatically was reduced 61%. That's all Dr. Oz has to bring up, really, other than the fact that this guy's about as mentally sharp as Biden. Yeah, right. It ain't going to be a problem debating him. I mean, it was a question asked here recently um, by, by a liberal, I think, and he tried to answer it. And it was completely unintelligible reply. Completely. Yeah, I don't think he has any idea what he's hearing when someone asks him a question. And then he just lies. But that's typical of all liberals. They just lie. They don't think you have the capacity to fact check it. They didn't think that young black man would speak out and tell the truth. Oopsie. Exactly. Yeah, the, the press gets in line. after. Whenever a liberal says something or does something, the press just gets in line and, and okays it. Can you imagine if it were Dr. Oz who had chased a black man through the streets with a shotgun? Can you imagine the kind of coverage that would get? But this is like ignored. Never mind. We don't talk about that. Well, I, I just, I, I just hope this guy it, it falls flat on his ugly face. I hope he does too. It's grace for the state of Pennsylvania. It just shows you, know, you how bonkers people in Pennsylvania are, though, that he's even close. Yeah, I used to think Pennsylvania people were pretty pretty cool and intelligent, but I, I, I'm starting to wonder now. Of course, I know in Philly they're a bunch of idiots. Yeah, they really are in Philadelphia. That could be the worst part of the state. But, you know, there's a lot of liberals, for whatever reason, uh, that have made their home in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. It's really strange. Hmm. I didn't realize that. But, that, but that, I'm making that prediction he will not show for the debate. I agree with you. And isn't it odd that in Philadelphia, which is the home of the land of liberty, the Liberty Bell, that we have so many liberals who hate this country? It's ironic that they would live in Philadelphia. It is ironic. I have a friend of mine who's from Philly. He's a conservative. He has a place in Florida. He's he's a, a very wealthy guy. He lives in Florida half the year, and he says, when I go out with my friends in Florida, everybody gets along, everybody's happy. I come back to Philly. Even my old buddies that I used to hang around with years ago, he said, they call me a fascist. They call me all kinds of names, a racist. He said, I'm the same guy that just flew back from Florida, and these crazy people in Philadelphia treat you like that. Yeah, they've always been pretty vicious in Philly, even even years ago. Oh, that's true. You're right. The, the 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 old line was they would boo the kids on an Easter egg hunt at the Philadelphia Phillies game. <laughs> you remember how they gave Richie Allen hell all the time? Oh yeah, Richie Allen, one of my favorite sluggers. You know, I never knew. This is how naive I was growing up. I never realized that ball players smoked cigarettes till I saw a picture on Sports Illustrated's cover <laughs> of Richie Allen in the dugout when he was with the White Sox smoking a cigarette. I was so heartbroken. Unfortunately, Stan Musial smoked for a while. I think they all did. There's a picture of Lenny Dawson in the locker room of the Chiefs halftime against the Packers in Super Bowl One, having a smoke and a bottle of Fresca soda. <laughs> I never smoked one cigarette. My parents smoked so much, that was enough for me. Well, you and I are in the same boat. I have never even taken a puff, and my parents smoked like a chimney. 
That was enough for me. Then I rode to high school with a guy who'd pick me up and give me a ride, and he smoked all the time in the car with the windows up. Yeah, a lot, a lot of times. There were days I wanted to, to hang myself. Back in the day, you just had to put up with it for a while. Yeah, you did. You did. And, uh, you know, the second-hand smoke thing we didn't know about. Remember those smoking uh, stations, like, through the airport concourse? And you'd look in yeah. there where these people are smoking, and you couldn't even see their heads. <laughs> it was like following the mosquito guy that was spraying through your neighborhood. You couldn't even see them. Well, I think my lungs are all right. Well, I'm hoping if I die young, I'll say that it was the smokers that killed me and the liberals. <laughs> it's a combination. One was bad for my heart. The other was bad for my lungs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good day, Kevin. Cleo, thank you. Appreciate the call. You're welcome. Bye. I think Cleo's correct. I don't think that coward Fetterman will show up for a debate with Dr. Oz. Come hell or high water. That's going to wrap us for today. We're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow, Saturday Eve. Cardinals playoff game tomorrow at 1 o'clock. The playoffs begin tomorrow. They're at home against the Phillies. Playoff baseball is upon us. We'll see you all tomorrow. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everyone.